Kong, where we continue in our study there. We started a new study last week in 1 John. We looked at the first verse, and tonight we'll be looking at verse 2 and a little bit of verse 3, but we'll be just touching on verse 3 a little bit. But let's read the first four verses so that we get the context of our verses. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled of the word of life. For the life was manifest and we have seen it and bear witness and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested unto us. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you, that ye also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things write we unto you, that your joy may be full, that your joy may be full. Last week we looked at verse 1 of this wonderful book, where we saw that the word of life, which is Christ Jesus our Lord, it, who is the word of God, was, was from the beginning, which speaks of his eternality. We see that in this verse, that which was from the beginning. Then we consider the word of life became a man. And we see that in the phrase, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled. Then we considered how the Lord is called the word of life. Again, bringing forth the deity of Christ. So right away in this, in this first verse, John has set forth the eternality of Christ. He set forth the fact that he is the word of God, who was with God and was God. And he has set forth that he is God, he, God incarnated in the flesh. And he has also set forth that he is the word of life. And life comes from him, both natural life and spiritual life. It all comes from him. It all comes from him. So let's read verses 1 to 4 again. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. For the life was manifested. For the life was manifested. And we have seen it and bear witness and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested unto us. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you that ye also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things write we unto you that your joy may be full. <clears throat> now take note, beloved, in verse 2, the apostle is not, not just an eyewitness. We see that in verses 1, 2. But he's also an ear witness. And we see that in verses 1 and 3. He's an eyewitness and an ear witness of, of who Christ is and of the things that he done. It says, for the life was manifested and we have seen it. There's the eyewitness. And we bear witness and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested unto us. And then we see in verse 3, that which we have heard, there's the ear witness. 
we declare unto you. That which we have seen, the scripture here says, they looked upon him, beloved. Now we look by faith to Christ. They actually beheld him. They beheld him. Like we behold one another. They saw him face to face. And they heard him. They personally, as one commentator said, personally and audibly heard him. They saw him speak. And they heard him. They heard him speak personally. And John says, Declare we unto you that ye also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father. And with his Son, Jesus Christ. And remember, John was one of the three, John, Peter, and James, who saw him on the Mount of Transfiguration. Not all the apostles had this privilege. But John did. John did. All the apostles heard his words, and they saw how they were accompanied by power, by the power of God. And they saw how this proved that he was God. Turn, if you would, to the Gospel of John. The Gospel of John. You might want to keep your finger there because we're going to be going back and forth to the Gospel of John a little bit tonight. Gospel of John, chapter 20. Chapter 20. And we'll look at verse 31. And we'll see that John has written the Gospel that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ. And that believing you might have life through his name. Look at John 20, 31. But these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And that believing you might have life through his name. Again, but these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And that believing you might have life through his name. Now let's go back to 1 John. And we'll see that verses 2 and 3 convey this same thought. For the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifest unto us, that which we have seen and heard declare we unto you, that ye also may have fellowship with us. And who, who has fellowship together? Believers, don't they? Those who believe on Christ. We have fellowship one with another, and we have fellowship with God through Christ Jesus our Lord. That, that ye also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. In the Gospel of John, the Apostle is bringing forth the deity of Christ. The deity of Christ. He also brought forth the humanity of Christ, but his focus in the Gospel of John was the deity of Christ. Was the deity of Christ. Now we see John opening this book by inspiration of the Holy Spirit and he sets forth both the deity of Christ in verse 1 and the humanity of Christ. And he's continuing to set forth the humanity of Christ in verse 2 as well. And verse 3. Note it says, For the life was manifest, and we have seen it, and bear witness, and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested unto us. That speaks of the incarnation of 
of the Lord Jesus Christ. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you, that ye also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. So he's setting forth the humanity of Christ. <coughs> and we saw last, <coughs> excuse me, last week <coughs> that John is combating two Gnostic errors. Two Gnostic errors which had sprung up. And in, combat, in combating those errors, he's bringing forth the humanity and the deity of Christ. He brings forth the humanity of Christ and the fact that he has seen and heard him. That he's seen and heard him. He touched him. And now he bears witness to this truth. He bears witness to this truth. Now remember, the, one of the Gnostic errors was they said that he was just but a phantom. That he didn't have a real body. He was just a phantom. So John's combating that, that error that's already sprung up within the church. And he's saying, when false teachers come in, and he's saying, he was real. He was really a man. I saw him, and I heard him. And we know he laid his, his head upon his breast, too. We know that. So he's, he's bringing forth the humanity of Christ. He's also, though, as we note in the first verse, he's, he's masterfully brought forth the deity of Christ, too. That he was from the beginning. He was from the beginning. So he bears witness now to the truth. He says, For the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness. <coughs> bear witness. Turn, if you would, to John chapter 5. <coughs> Who was manifested? Well, we know from verse 1, the word of life. The one spoken of in verse 1. And we know that's the Lord Jesus Christ who is life itself. He's the fountain of life. John brings this forth in his gospel in chapter 5, that to his people he is, he is life. He raises us from our natural state, right? Which is what? Dead in trespasses and sins. And he gives us life, beloved. He gives us life. Look at this in John 5, verses 25 to 29. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the hour is coming, and now is, when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and they that hear shall live. Well, beloved, that happens when we're born again by the Holy Spirit of God. We hear the voice of the shepherd. We hear the voice of the shepherd. We're born again by the Holy Spirit of God. And we were dead, beloved. We were dead in trespasses and sins. Look at this. For as the Father hath life in himself, so hath he given to the Son to have life in himself. And hath given him, look at this, authority to execute judgment also, because he is the Son of Man. <clears throat> the Lord has all authority, beloved, in heaven and in earth. Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice. There's the general resurrection. And shall come forth they that have done good unto the resurrection of life, and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. But that life spoken of there in verse 25, and they that here shall live, that's when we are made alive, beloved. That's when we're born again by the Holy Spirit of God. The dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God and live. Oh my, oh my. So what is the life that he gives to his people? The answer is every kind of, every kind. 
He's God incarnate in the flesh. He's the author and giver of our natural life. He's the author and giver of our natural life. He's the creator of all things. Second, he's the author of our spiritual life. We saw that in verse 25 there, which is written in the scriptures. The dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and they that hear shall live. They live. Third, he gives us resurrection life. We see that also in John 5. Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice and shall come forth. They that have done good unto the resurrection of life. So he's, he's all our life, beloved, all the way around. He's the word of God incarnate. He's the giver of life. And remember, let us always remember that, that he's absolutely independent of everyone. He, he's the cause and author and giver of life in every sense. In every sense. He's the creator. He's God over all. He's the living God. He's the word of God. The second person of the Trinity who was from all eternity. He was, he was invisible, but in the fullness of time he is manifested in human nature. That's what we're reading about tonight. He became a man. The word of God. Fully God and yet fully man. And his name is the Lord Jesus Christ. And notice, let's go back to our text. John bears witness of who he is. John bears witness of who he is. For the life was manifested. There is the incarnation. And we have seen it. And bear witness. And show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested unto us. Again, they were both eyewitnesses and earwitnesses of the word of God, the word of life, who became flesh and dwelt among us. They knew the truth of his incarnation. They saw him. They heard him. Therefore, think of this. They have a faithful record, don't they? In order, a court of law, in order to be found guilty, if you have a witness come up against you, they have to be an eyewitness, don't they? They can't be hearsay that puts you. It has to be an eyewitness. The apostles were eyewitnesses, beloved. And then they had the privilege of going and preaching about them. <laughs> and there was other people who were eyewitnesses of them too. But they, John is talking here about the apostles. Oh, they have a faithful record, beloved, of who he is, of his deity, and, and also of his humanity. They witnessed the miracles which he performed. They saw him do them. They saw him do these miracles which proved his deity. <laughs> he reached down and took Peter's hand when Peter was sinking in the water, and they were walking on water. They saw him come up from the bottom of the ship and just say, be still. And the storm that was raging was absolutely still. They saw Lazarus raised from the grave. They were eyewitnesses, beloved. And earwitnesses. They were there when he said, Lazarus, come forth. They saw that. And it, it must have filled them with awe. It must have filled them with awe. Turn, if you would, to John chapter 1. 
John the, John the Baptist even testified, bear witness of who Christ was. Look at this in John chapter 1, verses 29 to 34. Now we see in our text there, for the life was manifested, we have seen it and bear witness and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifest unto us. Look what John the Baptist said in verses 29 to 34. The next day John, what? Seeth Jesus. He saw him, beloved. He saw him with his eyes. Coming unto him and said, Behold the Lamb of God. The Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. Beloved, he takes away all the sins of all the elect, of all the ages. He's the perfect, spotless Lamb of God. And John bears witness. He testifies of this, doesn't he? This is he of whom I said, After me cometh a man which is preferred before me. <coughs> For he was before me. He's from eternity. <laughs> He's the word of God incarnate. And I knew him not, but that he should be made manifest to Israel. <coughs> Therefore am I come baptizing with water. John bare record, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove and it abode upon him. And I knew him not. But he that sent me to baptize with water, the same said unto me, Upon whom thou <coughs> shalt see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, the same as he which baptizes with the Holy Ghost. And I saw and bare record that this is the Son of God. <coughs> Excuse me. John the Baptist did the same as the Apostle over in 1 John. He bare record. He bare record of who Christ was. He said, this is the Son of God. This is the Lamb of God. This is the Lamb of God. The eternal Son of God. Who being sent in the fullness of time had assumed human nature in which he became subject to all ordinances, and he had the Spirit without measure bestowed upon him. And John is here proclaiming, this is Christ the Messiah. This is the Messiah. He's bearing witness. He's bearing witness of who he is. Let's go back to our text quickly. There in, in uh, John chapter, or First John chapter 1, look at verse 2 again. For the life was manifested... Now, again, that's a continuation uh, from, the, from the first verse, which says, Our hands have handled the word of life, for the life was manifested. And we have seen it, and bear witness, and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father, and was manifested unto us. Beloved, the Lord Jesus Christ is the one true God. Turn, if you would, to 1 John 5.20. Just a few chapters over. John pens this over in chapter... 20 of, or ch chapter 5, I'm sorry, chapter 5, verse 20 of this wondrous book. Look at this. And we know that the Son of God has come. They know. They know, beloved. They saw him. They heard him. And hath given us an understanding. Look at that. If he doesn't give us an understanding, we don't have a clue who he is. Very plainly. Given us an understanding. If you have an understanding of who Christ was, praise God. Give him all the glory, beloved. Because not everybody has that understanding. 
Look at this. What's, what's the understanding? That we may know him. That is true. We know him. We know him. He's our Savior. He's the Lord of glory. He's the Messiah. He's the Lamb of God. And we are in him. Remember, he's the vine. We're the branches. We're in him that is true. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Even in his Son, Jesus Christ, this is the true God in eternal life. Did you catch that little phrase at the end there? This is the true God in eternal life. The Lord Jesus Christ is God. And eternal life is only in him. Neither is there salvation in any other. No other. No other than Christ. Why? Because he's the true God. He's the word of God incarnate. He's the word of life manifested, the scripture says, is what we're looking at tonight. And John saw him and heard him. He's called the word of life because he has everlasting life in himself. In himself. He's the living God. He's the eternal one. He's eternal life for his people. And eternal life only comes through him. Not only the purpose and promise of it are in him, but eternal life itself. Because he has the power to bestow it upon whomever he, he chooses. And we know that he gives it to those whom the Father has given him. My, this is the God of the Bible. Turn, if you would, to John chapter 17. John chapter 17. He proclaims this precious truth over in John chapter 17 in his great high priestly prayer. Look at this in John 17, verses 1 to 3. <clears throat> These words spake Jesus. Now remember, John is an eyewitness. Eh? These words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven <clears throat> and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy Son, that thy Son also may glorify thee as thou hast given him power over all flesh. That's the God of the Bible. That's our Savior. He's not waiting and wringing his hands. He has all power. He has all power. That's what the scriptures plainly declare here. This is wonderful news for a sinner who can't save himself. This is wondrous. The one who can save me is the one who has all power, and praise God he has. Right? As thou hast given him power over all flesh, what? That he should give what? Eternal life. Remember? Remember our text? For life was manifest, and we have seen it and bear witness and show unto you that eternal life, which was with the Father, and was manifested unto us. Look at this. As thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. My. And then it says... For this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God in Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. Oh, beloved, he is the source of eternal life because he's God. He's the giver of eternal life. And let us never forget that eternal life is what? It's a gift from God, isn't it? Not owing to any merits of man, not owing to any merits of the receiver, all we deserve is condemnation. That's all we deserve. But God gives us eternal life through the Lord Jesus Christ. There's no merit in man's works. The promise of eternal life is all in Christ. 
It's all in Christ, beloved. It's wonderful. And this is what John's bringing forth. This is what he's bringing forth here. He came into this world to die for his people. Why? That they may have eternal life, that their, that their sins may be forgiven, and that, that they may have eternal life. He obtained eternal salvation for us. The sinless one dying for sinners. Paying everything, as, as you've often heard me say, that God demanded that we might live. And then when we depart out of this world, we who believe, we get to spend eternity with the one who purchased our souls. The one who, who that eternal life comes from. <clears throat> it's marvelous. It's wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. Came into this world to die for his people that they may have eternal life and he has obtained eternal salvation for his people. And it all comes through his blood and righteousness. It's the only way it comes to us. Turn, if you would, to Acts chapter 3. Excuse me, Acts chapter 3. We'll read verses 13 to 15. Look at this. We see here that our Lord is called the Prince of Life. We see in 1 John he's called the Word of Life. Here we're going to see that he's called the Prince of Life. <clears throat> Acts 3.13 to 15. The God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob, the God of our fathers, hath glorified his Son, whom ye delivered up, speaking of the Jews, and denied him in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. But ye denied the Holy One, <clears throat> that's speaking of Christ, and the just, he's sinless, he's perfect, and desired a murderer to be granted unto you. They cried, crucify him, crucify him with Christ. And they, they cried to release Bar Bar Barabbas and killed what? What's his title here? The Prince of Life, whom God hath raised from the dead. Whereof, look at this, we are witnesses. They're witnesses. They saw him. They actually saw him and heard him. The same way they saw him and heard him when he was on this earth, in what the commentators say, his humility, because he humbled himself and became a man, they saw him and heard him. And after he was raised from the dead, they saw him and heard him. <laughs> My goodness. So they're witnesses of his incarnation and they're witnesses of his resurrection, beloved. <laughs> oh my, it's wonderful. It's absolutely wonderful. And again, we see brought forth here that he's the author of life. He's the prince of life. We know that he's the, the author of natural and spiritual life and he's the author of eternal life. He's the living God. He has life in himself. And as a man, he had such power over his life as no man ever had. And they crucified the Lord of glory. They crucified him. His death is laid to them because it was at their request. And they condemned him. And Pilate delivered him to his soldiers to crucify him. But let us never forget that this all happened according to the determined counsel and foreknowledge of God. And our Lord willingly went to that cross to redeem each one of us who's born again. Willingly. Willingly. To redeem his people from their sins. Let's go back to our text again. It says, and we'll see again how, how John again brings forth the eternality of the word of life. 
who was manifest. Note in the latter part of the verse it says, <coughs> excuse me, which was with the Father and was manifested unto us. So again, he's bringing forth the eternality of Christ. This phrase is expressive again of his eternal existence as the Word, as the Word, the Son of God, one with his Father. It speaks of his relation to him and also speaks of Christ's oneness in nature with the Father and his equality with him and his personal distinction, no, from him. you get the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and the three are one. But they're distinct. So John again brings forth that he was an eyewitness and again an ear witness to the fact that the beloved Son of God, who was with the Father in all of eternity, who is life itself, who is the fountain of eternal life, who is the cause, author, and giver of life, was manifested in human flesh. And he also brings forth the fact that he has come that we might have life. If we were not regenerated, we'd still be dead in trespasses and sins. He come that we might have life. He purchased that life for us with his own blood. My, what a savior. What a redeemer. What a redeemer. Let's look at verse 3, and we'll see here that John brings <coughs> forth this precious truth again that he's seen him and heard him. Again, he's battling the Gnostic error, uh, which said the Lord was like a phantom with no real body. So he brings forth for the third time that he's seen and heard him and that he was a real man and yet God incarnate in the flesh. That which we have seen and heard. Declare we unto you. And remember, they saw and heard him. So they're declaring who they saw and heard. We by faith look to Christ. I by faith declare Christ. But they actually saw him and they actually heard him. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you, that ye also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. So note John declares Christ here. He's declaring Christ. He's a faithful witness of Christ, who is the sum and substance of the gospel. Christ is the sum and substance of the gospel. He's the sum and substance of this book. It speaks of him. It speaks of him. The gospel preacher doesn't get up and talk about ourselves. We get up and talk about Christ. We proclaim Christ and him crucified. He's the only Savior. And we proclaim that, and we will until the Lord takes our breath away. He declares him to be the true God in eternal life. God over all, blessed forever. Turn, if you would, to Psalm 66. We see here again, he's, he's proclaimed him as truly man, made of a woman, made under the law. The only mediator between God and man. Look at this in Psalm 66, verses 16 to 20. <coughs> Come and hear all ye that fear God, and I will declare what he hath done for my soul. That's what the believer does. 
Psalm 66, verses 16. Come and hear all ye that fear God, and I will declare what he had done for my soul. The preacher gets up and proclaims Christ. We proclaim what Christ has done for us. Every believer proclaims what Christ has done for us. We declare that, don't we? We declare about our Savior. What he's done for my soul. What's he done for your soul? Oh, he saved my soul. He redeemed my soul. All my sins are forgiven. All because of what he's done. All because of what Christ has done. I cried unto him with my mouth, and he was extolled with my tongue. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. But verily God hath heard me. Oh, he hears the cry of a poor sinner, crying out to him for mercy. He hath attended to the voice of my prayer. Remember remember the man that, the two men, and one said, well, I'm thankful I'm not like that publican over there. And I, I do this, and I do that, and I do all these things. Remember him? So full of self-righteousness. And I love, the, I love the cry of the publican, the prayer of the publican. God be merciful to me. He couldn't even lift his head up. God be merciful to me, a sinner. Ah, think of that in light of here. But verily God hath heard me. He hath attended to the voice of my prayer. Blessed be God, which hath not turned away my prayer. Oh my, nor is mercy for me. He hath not turned away anyone who comes to Christ. Oh my. Christ is prophet, priest, and king for his people. He alone is our Savior, our Redeemer. And John is declaring the greatness and the excellency of his salvation. Of his salvation. And that salvation is only found in Christ. Nowhere else. Only one way to the Father. And that's through Christ. Christ is the only suitable Savior for sinners, beloved. He's the only suitable Savior for sinners. He's God incarnated in the flesh. And what precious promises are found in him. Again, all spiritual blessings are found in him. He's full of grace and truth. He's full of grace and truth. And he alone receives eternal glory in heaven. And who does he receive eternal glory from? From the ones he's given eternal life. And they will praise him for eternity for what he's done for them. Worthy is the lamb that was slain. Oh, to receive all the glory, honor, and power. Hey, he, he, we give him all the praise, beloved. We give him all the praise because of what he's done for us. It's Christ who died as the substitute of his people. It's he who has, again, obtained eternal salvation for them by the sacrifice of himself on Calvary's cross. He was the one who paid all that God demanded for the sins of his people. Look at our text again. That which we have seen and heard, declare we unto you. That ye also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. John is laying down, beloved, a solid foundation. That true fellowship with God is only through the God-man mediator, the Lord Jesus Christ. True fellowship with God is only through the one who was God incarnate in the flesh. If we are to have fellowship with the Father, then we must have fellowship with the Son. We must. That's why we always believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Look to him. Don't look to the preacher. Don't look to one another. Look to Christ. 
Look to Christ alone. So John's laying the foundation for, for, the, for the rest of the epistle too. And he's going to come forth. And there's a lot about fellowship in this epistle too. There's a lot about fellowship. And take note that the words we and are have a reference to the apostles. Have a reference to the apostles. That which was from the beginning, which we, that's the apostles, have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, again speaking of the apostles, and our hands have handled the word of life. For the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested unto us. Again, speaking to the apostles. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you, that ye also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. And these things write we unto you, that your joy may be full. And remember, we look to the Lord by faith. We look through the eyes of faith. And we declare the one we look to, don't we? We declare what he's done for us. But again, they, they saw him, and they heard him, beloved. So those words are in reference to the apostle, the apostles and John. He's speaking, as one commentator said, he's speaking in their name as well as his. As well as his. Now, there were others who had seen the Lord in his humanity, but they were not called to be public witnesses as the twelve were. They preached and proclaimed Christ. Now, the believer, again, by faith, we see Christ, and we have fellowship with God through Christ. But the ones that, that John is speaking about here saw and heard and touched him. Now, the Christian today, we hear the voice of the shepherd through the word of God, through the word of God. And in hearing, we live. We live. God gives us hearing ears. And I see and eyes to look to Christ. We're born again by the Holy Spirit of God. We, we now have an understanding. Remember what John wrote in chapter 5? We now have an understanding that we didn't have before. That's from God. That's from the Lord. Oh, it's wonderful. But they, again, they saw the shepherd. They heard the shepherd. Oh, but above God, we, we hear his voice too. Again, through the preaching of the word. God himself humbled himself and became a man. And he was manifested to them. He was manifested to them. He was fully God and yet fully man. Nope, they didn't keep the truth about Christ secret either, did they? They didn't keep it secret. They proclaimed this wonderful truth of salvation. This is what God's people do. We, we proclaim who he is. Look at that which we have seen and heard declare we unto you. That ye also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. It's said in the book of Acts, in chapter 4, verse 20, of Peter and John when they were brought forth before the high priest, it said this, for we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. <laughs> they couldn't keep quiet, beloved. And the believer can't keep quiet. Oh, Scott Richardson used to say, eventually it leaks out of us. <laughs> I like that. 
We can't keep quiet, can we? Oh, my. And John declares that he's writing that ye also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, (coughs) Jesus Christ. Beloved, this, is in, this fellowship is in hearing, seeing, and handling of Christ in the spiritual sense. Again, we're born again by the Holy Spirit of God. And we look to Christ alone for salvation. And we enjoy the same privileges in Christ as the apostles did, didn't we? We do. We're all saved by grace through faith. We all look to Christ. We're looking to Christ by faith. They saw him, but we're looking... They, they looked to him by faith too, beloved. And we're partaking with them in this wondrous salvation. This wondrous salvation in Christ and all the blessings that come with it. Marvel at it, beloved, if you're born again. Marvel at this precious, precious truth. We'll conclude here tonight and Lord willing, next week we'll look more in depth about the fellowship that the believer has with God in Christ. And as always, we'll give God all the glory. Heavenly Father, we thank Thee for the time that we could spend in Thy Word, O Lord. We thank Thee, Lord Jesus, knowing the fact that You left all, You left heaven. You were manifested in the flesh, Lord Jesus, fully God and fully man. You came here to die and bleed, to redeem your people, to live the perfect life we never could. And you did it all willingly, Lord, that we might have eternal life. Oh, Lord, we pray that if there's one who will hear this message that does not know thee, Oh, Lord, we pray that if it's thy will to to give them life, that they might be born again of the Holy Spirit of God, just as we who believe are born again by thy Holy Spirit. And you've granted us life, eternal life. We're all going to die, oh, Lord, but we who believe have eternal life. And we will be with thee for eternity. And we marvel. We who are your people marvel at this wondrous truth that the Lord of glory himself was manifested to take away all our sins. Glory to you, Lord. Honor and praise to thee. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Let's sing, close in hymn.